Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to CEOs You Should Know. I'm your new host, Mike Howard. I am with the Wheeling Chamber of Commerce, Vice President of Membership Events and Education, and we are pleased to be in partnership with iHeartRadio for this program. My guest today is Justin Seibert, Direct Online Marketing President. Justin, welcome to CEOs You Should Know. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. So do you get referred to as a CEO sometimes, or is it mostly president? Uh, I get everything. Uh, Yeah, so I get CEOs that'll come in the mail a lot of times like that, but uh, more on the president's side in terms of my actual functionality. Well, I'm thrilled to have you as my first guest. CEOs, you should know, is a big iHeart movement across the country. Been going around in Wheeling for a while, but uh, we entered into a partnership with them at the chamber a while back, and they've offered to let me be the host. So you're my uh, you're my guinea pig, or maybe I'm yours. I'm not sure. Awesome. <laughs> really excited. Well, what I'd like to start with is just kind of learn about where you're from. I'm guessing it's from Wheeling. Tell us about your childhood a little bit, that that sort of Wheeling feeling or a high Valley feeling for you. Yeah. So grew up in Wheeling, just like you guessed. I uh, went to Woodsdale, uh, moved over to Tridelphia, uh, and then uh, moved over to Lindsley where I graduated from. And so when I graduated uh, from high school, I knew that I wanted to get out, but I hoped that I would have the opportunity to move back one day. So I went to college at Vanderbilt down in Nashville. I uh, lived there a couple of years. Nice place. Awesome town. Long time ago. Man, that place has changed. Yeah. Uh, when I graduated from Vanderbilt in 99, I moved out to Los Angeles. And so I was out there till 2006. I met my wife out there. We had In a, Los Angeles? In Los okay. Angeles. Had our first child out there. She became pregnant for the second time. And uh, the greatest sales job of my life, I convinced a California woman to move back to Wheeling. So That is pretty good. Yeah. So Congratulations. Gr- thank you. I feel very lucky. You know, I, I, I say this a lot when I'm talking with people, and I truly mean it. You know, I think as parents, uh, we want to give our kids a better childhood than we had. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't possible for me because uh, the my parents, uh, my brother and sister, my aunts and uncles, my cousins, my... Uh, schools, my coaches, my sports, I had a really 
ideal childhood. So for me to be able to give that opportunity to our children, you know, that was family and, you know, is is number one on the list for my wife, Kristen, and I. So for us to be able to give that opportunity to them, we feel very fortunate. Well, it sounds like it's shaped a good bit of the person that you are today then, huh? From the childhood time. Absolutely. You know, it was funny when when Otis let us in, and he's like, what, what's your last name? And he's like, yeah, you look like a cyber. And I do, right? Because strong genes, oh, you yeah. know, when I was really little, uh, people would be like, oh, you're, you're Bud's grandson. And then it was, <laughs> you know, your Jim's son or your John's brother, Julie's brother, something like that. And now I've graduated where, you know, now I'm Max's dad or Emma's dad or Claire's dad. So uh, it's it really is a nice place. The best thing about uh, Wheeling is it's a small town. The mm-hmm. worst thing about Wheeling is the small town it's goes small both town. ways. But it does. Uh, for us in this stage of our life, we just feel very fortunate. Yeah. You're listening to CEOs You Should Know podcast from iHeartMedia and the Wheeling Area Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Mike Howard. We are in studio with Justin Seibert from Direct Online Marketing. He is the president. So we heard a little bit about the childhood. Now tell us... Uh, a little bit about your current position and responsibilities, and I'm sure we'll get into how you got there, but uh, let's let's let people hear that. Yeah, so in terms of what I do today, I'm the president, uh, and I founded Direct Online Marketing. We are a 40-person digital marketing agency. Okay. I founded it when I moved back to Wheeling in 2006. So uh, I, I think it sounds ridiculous today to say that people thought back then the internet was a fad that was going to go away. But you remember, Mike, that Mm. people didn't know if this was a real thing or not. And I was very fortunate in Los Angeles that I saw the numbers and I saw that this can be a true marketing vehicle for people. So for me to have that experience and come back here, I started, but I wasn't looking to start a company. I was just looking for work to be able to um, help our family out, Mm -hmm. be able to eat, put a roof over our heads. And there just wasn't a whole lot of work. There was nothing here in Wheeling, and there was very little in Pittsburgh at the time. So uh, with the blessing and support of my amazing wife, Kristen, uh, we took a chance to start the company. And so it was me out of my basement in the beginning. And like I said, uh, you know, here and 16 years later, we are not a huge agency, but we're 40 people. We just was just released yesterday digitally. Uh, we are uh, we've made Inc. 5,000 fastest growing privately held companies in the United States for the first time. Very nice. So, Congrats. Thank you. And I, I I don't take all the credit for that. We have an amazing team that mm-hmm. hopefully I can plug and talk about. Absolutely. And these wonderful people I work with. But um, yeah, it's it would, it's kind of nice to reflect on working out of the basement and then getting to this stage. So for those that understand the marketing advertising world, what was it you were doing at first right out of your basement? Yeah, great question. So what we specialize in, and there's more things that we do today, but what we specialize in, what I founded the company on was based on what I had had success with in Los Angeles, and that's search. So okay. all Google stuff, you know, Bing, Yahoo, all of those search engines, because search engines are different than all other forms of media. And there's huge value, as you know, in radio and TV mm-hmm. and billboard and all these other areas, social media, different forms of digital But the one thing that's unique about search is that it's all about intent. So you're able to reach people who are actively looking for what you sell, products and services you offer. Mm -hmm. So when I was working out in the basement, it was how can I get our clients to show up in Google, either through paid ads, you'll hear those, try not to use jargon, but if you hear things like pay-per-click or search engine marketing, that gets used a lot, or those natural listings that people don't pay for, and that process is called search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So when you got this started, 
this is just more of a curious question for me, because since I'm the host, I get asked those kind of things. What was the first or titled person you hired? What were they going to now do to help you out? I remember very well. Um, <laughs> and, and she, uh, uh, Katie, was was awesome. And so she brought in, I, I don't remember titles, uh, frankly, mm-hmm. no, uh, Digital Marketing Associate or something okay. like that. But she was a very talented, very smart, very driven woman who's gone on to a very successful career in digital marketing uh, in Pittsburgh. But we, she was a Wheeling, uh, at the time, Wheeling Jesuit student. Uh, we brought her in uh, on a part-time basis, and she was in there just for me to kind of teach her what I knew and then to execute on that to help her clients out. Yeah, because, I mean, it's funny because I think about, you know, with football season coming, fantasy football, should you draft a running back, a wide receiver, <laughs> a tight end, a quarterback? Well, when you're starting a business and you're ready to make that shift, is it a salesperson? Is it a back of the house, an administrative? And I'm just always curious as to, to how people figure that out in their businesses. What is the best uh, next person to add? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, I figure things out, or the way I have figured things mm-hmm. out is just by failing a lot <laughs> and doing a whole bunch of dumb stuff and yeah. then trying to correct it. And that was a great move for us and, and was the right move. I, I mean, to talk about failures for a second, Yes, one of the things that I really, really wish I would have done early in my career and I didn't was to get sales training. Because mm. to have a sales model that you can do because you... <laughs> For people to start businesses, they're usually starting it, and this is the case for me, in something that you're good at and that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. But you have to do a million other things to get that business going and to make it successful that are outside of what your knowledge base are, is and mm-hmm. a lot of times outside of what uh, uh, skills and your desires are. And revenue cures most ills. <laughs> so as you know, whatever we can do to raise that revenue... I left a ton of money on the table in the early going that had I invested in some sales training, I think we would have got off the ground a lot faster. It's interesting you bring that up because at the chamber, one of the things we're trying to do is develop educational areas for our memberships that are more that peer-to-peer type of thing. You know, we've got plenty of schools, colleges, trades, you know, how can we help our members? And so that's where we're coming in with our chamber university and sales training is going to be one of those. So if you've got someone like yourself that's just starting out, maybe they got a few people, they might even have a salesperson that they found because they thought they were really good at the drive-through window, you know, talking to people or right. whatever. We want to be able to provide some of that basic kind of training and then maybe move them along to wherever wherever they think they should go. So I'm glad to hear you say that. So then those first few years, well, give us a little more experience, uh, the failures, the successes. And when did that light bulb go off to you that, hey, this is going to work? It's a really good question. And maybe people don't want to hear the answer to this <laughs> if they've started a, a business. But for me, it was really about eight or nine years in. Oh, wow. And yeah. I, it, prior to that, I had a company to give myself a job. And I didn't realize that at the time, but looking back, it's pretty clear that's what it was. Yeah. I went through an amazing program and I will I will recommend this to any of the listeners that are uh, in business and they just have to meet certain criteria. But if you're a small business, truly small business, um, Goldman Sachs puts on a, a program they call the 10,000 Small Business Program. And it's completely free. And they would mm. love to have more people from West Virginia. They have very few people from West Virginia take advantage of this, even though they have people from every state. Uh, from D.C., from Guam, from Puerto Rico. And their goal, what they're trying to do, is just to help business owners get better and be more successful and help grow our economy. And I was sitting in there, and uh, I I felt very dumb at this moment, which is a a common theme of my career. (laughs) And they said, we want you to take out a piece of paper, 
and we want you to draw what your exit plan looks like. Interesting. And I sat there for a really uncomfortably long period of time because I had never even considered what my exit plan was. And so that was really the starting point for me to say, okay, what do I really need to do to be a leader and to grow this and turn this into a quote-unquote real company? Um, so that was a huge turning point for me. And it doesn't mean that you have to sell your business right away. But the trick is, and what people have gone through this understand, and it took, and again, it took me for a really long time, is that all those things that you would do to set yourself up to sell your business are all the things that are going to make your business stronger. How do you get it to thrive hmm. without you? Right. And so I have no plans to, to sell my business, but I'm trying to do all the things that if I needed to sell my business or I wanted to sell my business, that I would be in a good position to get a great return for it. That's awesome. Good stuff. And you said that's a Goldman Sachs... 10,000 small businesses program? That's correct. And so they, yeah. they uh, if you're searching online, they abbreviate it for GS10KSB. So if you just do a search for that, there's an online uh, referral uh, or okay. online uh, application process. Uh, you can certainly put my name down uh, for that. And then any of the listeners, I'm happy to talk about my experiences and, and if, if they can learn, because it's a commitment. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a money commitment. It'll be completely free to you, but it's a huge time, time commitment over six months. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. That's awesome. So if we look um, back then, maybe in Los Angeles, or what other work experiences? Were there any other things, any side jobs that, or just even volunteerisms that, that has helped you then to be the business guy you are today? Yeah, great question. So I was I was really lucky. Um, so I started off in USC radiology. Uh, I, I took a yeah. a, uh, a job, and, and God bless my sister who uh, uh, had they had an opening there where she was working. She alerted me to it, um, and and <laughs> and let me stay on her couch uh, when I first moved out there uh, for a little bit. Although she made it very clear that uh, when I walked up, she said, "Let me be clear, you are not my roommate, and you were to find a." another place to live as soon as possible, but great kick in the pants. So I leave USC Radiology and I go, I found something in the paper for a startup. And I got to go down to SCORE, if you're familiar with mm -hmm. that, um, the retired executives, yeah. and get advice on how to open the business. I went and filed an LLC with the state of California. I <laughs> did all these things and I worked uh, with that gentleman and, and again, it didn't kind of go anywhere, but I learned a ton from that. And then I moved to a company called Goldline International I cannot say enough amazing things about the president and the vice president there, who are my bosses, how much they mentored me, how much I learned at that place. And I would not have left had it not been for the move across the country. But sure. that's where I started to pick up digital marketing because they were successful with all their marketing efforts. They were an out, uh, excuse me, an inbound sales company. So no cold calling whatsoever has to be an inbound lead. And they are successful in long form radio. So oh, radio hosts radio shows like this that they had favorite. a host do, right? <laughs> and so you know the power of that. But oh, but yeah. not the most common thing for people to do, especially as their only marketing channel. Right. And so in two thousand later in two thousand one, I mean, I'm in two thousand two, they came to me and they said, For us to grow, we need another marketing leg. We think it's the internet. Go figure it out. And so I had this opportunity. That's to, awesome. It was the best thing that could ever happen to me, right? Yeah. It started my career. And so I, 
again, did a whole bunch of dumb stuff. I did some things that worked out. And when I started there in 2001, they were a $25 million a year revenue company. When I left in 06, they were doing $35 million a year just attributed directly to paid search campaigns. Hmm. And I don't say that to brag. It's because we had the amazing leadership. They had a, an awesome sales team. They had a great market for what they sold. But it showed me when everybody was doubting whether the internet was a real thing or not, it showed me that it was real and the model made sense. So I was mm-hmm. very fortunate. That's awesome. You're listening to CEOs You Should Know. I'm your host, Mike Howard, from the Wheeling Area Chamber of Commerce, in studio with Justin Seibert from Direct Online Marketing. Justin, one of the things I like to bring into any radio show when I'm talking to business people is the subject of leadership. Um, I could ask this a couple of ways. I guess we could say, how would you describe your leadership style? Or if I sat down with a few of your employees, how would they describe your leadership style? And I know sometimes that might be different, but I'd be curious just kind of your thoughts from either angle or both on that. Yeah. Um, so let me, uh, uh, I'm going to answer your question indirectly, and then I promise I'll bring it around. That's the bar okay. And bring it back. So <laughs> we, have a, we have a tool that we use that we, we love, we swear by, called Predictive Index. And that is a personality assessment mm-hmm. tool. So if, you know, you're used to disc or something like that. It's like that, but it works much faster and it's voodoo. I have no idea how it works, but it's amazing. And it, uh, the reason I was convinced for it, and we, we use this on all our employees. We use it on everybody we screen to hire. Um, and it, it, it really just nails people. And so, um, they did the printout of me when they were selling me and I said, okay, well, I kind of, I kind of agree, uh, with this part. Uh, you know, like I, I, I agree with 90% of it, but here's the, couple things I wasn't sure about and say it's somebody that was trained in it he goes Mm -hmm. well let me let me tell you what I think it says about you and I'm sitting in there with Nikki Pally who's the head of my operations amazing woman um, from right across the river and uh, he said Justin you most things that you want to delegate you you don't care about the details at all like you just let people who are experts in it just go and get it done but there are some things that you care intensely about and that you're going to be extremely involved in the details. Hmm. And it drives your employees nuts because they don't know which is going to be which. <laughs> and so Nikki, who uh, is is straight as an arrow uh, and always reserved, uh, I saw her. She couldn't help it. Uh, a smile cracked across her face. And I said, that's it. Uh, I'm going to go uh, and, and buy this product. So um, I, I tend to just want to hire really, really smart people Give them the full picture of what we're trying to accomplish. What's our vision? What's our goal? Where are we driving to? Mm-hmm. Give them the resources they need to succeed and let them go, except for a couple of those things that I want to be involved in. So um, we're we're really big. Our culture is really big on transparency. Okay. Um, we're really big on uh, collaboration uh, and, and teamwork. And, you know, we have a... Uh, a a rule that we live by. Uh, We have a very strict no jerks policy. We call it something else internally, but for radio, we call it uh, a no jerks policy. And, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there. We don't need people that are going to make everybody else's lives miserable. We can find good people that want to be part of a team, that care about culture, Mm -hmm. and want to be with other smart people driving to the same place, and want to give gratitude to people and thank them for their contributions. So that's what I try to do in my role and what we try to 
spread throughout the entire organization. That's really good and insightful. I appreciate you sharing that with us. So you had a good president VP at that company in California. Has there been others that have shaped you or has there been some, no names obviously, that you're like, I don't ever want to be like that? Um, <laughs> all right, so I, I'll do the flip side first. Yeah. I, I would just say that I had one boss, and I won't name where, um, and, and I think uh, you know, I was also younger and, you know, don't necessarily have the whole picture of things that I sure. do today, but it appeared to me that he had other people, for, again, from what I could see, that seemed to be working uh, harder than he was. And, and and that's a kind of a common thing that I've heard from other people, um, employees and people I interview and things like that, that that can be a pet peeve where it's you feel like you're putting on the work and, and the boss is slacking around and, mm-hmm. and not doing work. And I think it's frustrating. Now, given hindsight, I can also see that you have a lot of responsibilities that people don't necessarily see uh, and stresses that sure. people don't see. But, you know, I've, I, I don't ever want anybody to work harder than I'm working uh, at the company. And, but I work pretty hard because sure. I want them to work pretty hard. Um, but I, you know, Again, going back to the wheeling thing, I had so many awesome coaches and mm-hmm. teachers and uh, heads of school. I, I I just was incredibly blessed because I was uh, I, I still have my moments, but I, I my dad sent me to Lindsley. One of the main reasons he sent me to Lindsley, my brother and sister graduated from Park, mm-hmm. um, was because I had some attitude challenges and thought that the discipline would be good for me. And they were absolutely right in a smaller environment. Um, and I can tell stories about when I was embarrassed and appropriately <laughs> so, but it, it 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 takes you know it really does take a community to raise a child, and I, I'm not taking anything away from my dad and mom because mm-hmm. first and foremost they're the biggest influences in my life. Um, I, I'm very fortunate to have them, but it's there have been so many people that have contributed and, and taught me things along the way. That's awesome. So thinking back then uh, through those times and even now. Would you consider yourself a reader, a book guy, or a more of a video learner type of thing? If you do those things, has there been any book speaker or whatever that has kind of influenced you as well that, that would be good knowledge for the audience to know or someone for them to look into? Yeah, I, I, I just to be blunt, I used to, and, uh, and my mom, God bless her soul, would, uh, would, would be not happy to hear this because I read so much as little uh, when I was little. I, I don't read a lot of books now. So I, when I read books, I'm reading business books. So things right. like Scaling Up okay. is, a, is an awesome book for, for my stage of the company. And uh, Good to Great, you know, gets talked mm-hmm. about a lot, was was very enlightening to me. Um, I think any kind of, you know, how to win friends and influence people are, are great books. But I tend to learn more from uh, kind of that just-in-time learning of, what do I need to know to succeed with the task that's in front of me right now? And so I tend to read a lot of articles and, and, and do watch videos as well on things. You've been here now for how many years? Did 16. You, 16. Um, I have really no idea about the answer to this question, but I'm probably going to ask just about everyone I sit with. Because once you get to this level with your size of company, I'm sure there are some philanthropic interests that you are involved with or your company are involved with. And I want to give you an opportunity to to share that with the listeners that, that might come across this podcast as to how important that is to you, maybe one or two of them that you have been involved with. Is there a personal reason? That kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just do a super quick rundown of what I've been involved with on a board level since I've been here. And there's obviously, uh, 
the amount of philanthropy and giving and wheeling, as you know, Mike, is unparalleled for a town this size. We're very blessed to have a lot of great organizations. A lot of mm-hmm. people have been very kind and generous with what they're doing. Um, the first board that I sat on was Wheeling Health Right. They do an amazing mm-hmm. job for uh, those people that struggle with health insurance. Sure. It's a huge cost. Yeah. Um, I love what Kathy Brown and, and the t- her team have done over there. Um, I also started, uh, I founded, uh, co-founded um, a group called OV Connect of young professionals that oh, yeah. has since um, gone through a couple different iterations and is part of Generation West Virginia now. And then the three boards that I sit on now, um, I sit on Ogilvy Institute. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I give them all the credit because my dad, when I was in Los Angeles, was trying to and my mom too, were trying to get us to move back to West Virginia so they could see their grandbabies. And they used to send out the old Ogilvy Institute newsletter to show my wife that there were things happening in this small West Virginia town that are culturally interesting. Um, I also said I'm currently the president of the West Virginia Northern Community College Foundation Board. I think for them, for what they do throughout the Valley to give people opportunities to improve their lives and to start a career Mm-hmm. And, you know, not liberal arts colleges aren't for everybody. And for people to have an affordable education, it's phenomenal what they do. And then the board that I joined most recently, I was uh, appointed to the Wheeling Park Commission. Nice. Very good. Well, it sounds like you uh, you have a heart for those kind of things and staying involved with them is a good thing. And that's something we want to encourage at the chamber and include in these podcasts. Matter of fact, uh, a little future podcast plug, our director of uh, marketing communications, Laurie Conway, we're working with her. We're going to develop a nonprofit based podcast that's all about nonprofits, oh. running nonprofits. How do you do this? Who are they? And, and see where it goes. But she has a great heart for that. She obviously has the skill of, of talking and interviewing and great voice and all a great insight. So we're looking forward to that podcast launching soon. I love hearing that. And just a real quick plug for sure. the Wheeling Chamber um, with Leadership Wheeling Program. Mm. That was kind of my first exposure to, okay, what they had a class specifically on board membership. And so what do boards expect? How can you be a good board member? How can you contribute to the organization? So I really learned a lot in that program. I feel bad saying this. I mean, for the time I was here, I was up in Pittsburgh a lot, but always stayed involved with what was happening here. I never went through leadership wheeling. So maybe Kurt will put me through it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great program. It really, truly is. So as a leader, is there a big, one big challenge or something you still fight and fuss with now as a leader that, man, if I could just find the magic elixir for that or fix this or what, uh, obviously, I guess it, finding staff and hiring these days, supply chain stuff, we, we're all hearing that. But what for you as a, as a president and as a leader in that regard, is there something that's really just like, man, someday I hope we can fix this or I just want to get better at that? I, there are so many things. Um, <laughs> Certainly hiring is always a challenge. I, I think we're in a better position uh, given that we've worked so hard on our culture that, um, that that's a huge selling point that for when that matters to people uh, that they're, they're looking at that and we have a, a good leg up. Um, one of the things that's most challenging to us right now as a business is efficiency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if somebody's a manufacturer, their cost of goods sold, their cost of sales is really, a lot of that is the product that they're selling. And so Mm -hmm. what are the parts and materials that go into that? And then they have labor and some other things that are part of it as well. When you're a service-based company, like our agency is, our raw materials are our people and Mm -hmm. our hours. And so that's our largest cost. And 
what are the ways that we can deliver exceptional results to our clients, but in an as an efficient manner as possible so that we can keep our profit margins high enough to do the things that we want to do and to continue to hire amazing people and uh, continue to let them grow and earn more. So I, I would say for us, that that balancing act between quality and efficiency is really something that we're, we're spending a lot of time on. That's a great, great insight. You're listening to CEOs You Should Know podcast, a part of uh, iHeartRadio and also uh, the Wheeling Area Chamber of Commerce. Pleased to be partnered with them. I'm your host, Mike Howard. We are in with Justin Seibert from Direct Online Marketing. Uh, you know, Justin, I think I'm going to call this part one. Because I think we can come back and have a part two sometime down the road, maybe after the holidays, and see how things are going into the new year and just learn more with you and from you. You up for that? Oh, absolutely. I would love that. Well, I have a, a killer question that I actually stole this from a guy I helped put a leadership program together up in Pittsburgh. He asks this of every guest he comes in. So I'm going to do it with you, and I may just do it with all the CEOs that come in here and leaders that we have. If you were to go to a commencement uh, exercise in the spring, high school, college, whatever it is, let's just even say maybe it's high school, and you're the speaker, what's the one thing you want to tell those students getting ready to head out? So I am I am fortunate that I'm prepared for this because uh, <laughs> two years ago I was I delivered a, a not the full commencement, but a, uh-huh. a small piece of it at West Virginia Northern Community College. And um, what I share with people, what I ask of people is to be generous with others and with yourself. And so I think a lot of us, many of us, want to be generous with others. We want to be able to extend a hand. We want to give. We want to help them up. But sometimes it's hard for us to accept help when we need it and Mm -hmm. to admit that we have a problem and to ask for that help. And I know that I struggle with this, mm-hmm. and I've struggled with it a lot throughout the 16 years that I've had this business. And so I just would ask for people to be generous with themselves as well, with not just giving, but receiving that help when they need it. Excellent answer. Well, we appreciate you being our guest. Any last uh, closing comment you have for the audience that might be checking us out? No, I just really appreciate what you're doing, and, and Mike, with, with you and with Lori and Kurt, um, and it, I, I'm super excited, uh, and and obviously Erica did an amazing job with the Chamber mm-hmm. before as well, set you up in a good spot, but I'm really loving a lot of the new ideas that you're putting out there as well, and uh, just, I, I will give my plug instead of for me, I'll give it for the Wheeling Chamber, and just say that if you're listening to this right now, and you can benefit from getting to know more people and learning, there's going to be an awful lot of that that the Chamber's oh, yeah. providing. We're so excited about that angle of education, learning, lifelong learning, bringing that in. I think it's, till you take that last breath, man, you might as well be learning, right? Absolutely. Justin, thank you for being with us. You've been listening to CEOs You Should Know. I'm your host, Mike Howard from the Wheeling Area Chamber of Commerce. Our guest has been Justin Seibert, president from Direct Online Marketing. Justin, best to your family, and thank you for being with us. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you all next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.